On this holy night, so many years ago, Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Beloved church, this is the day when Christ, our Passover lamb, surrendered himself to those who would kill him setting us free from sin and death forever. This is the day when Christ, our teacher and Lord, knelt down to wash the disciples' feet, showing us how to love and serve one another. And this is the day when Christ, the bread of heaven, shared a holy meal with his followers, offering a feast of abundant life and grace for all. Please join me in our responsive call to worship. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. On this day, Christ, the Lamb of God, gave himself into the hands of those who would slay him. On this day, Christ gathered with his disciples in the upper room. On this day, Christ took a towel and washed the disciples' feet, giving us an example that we should do to others as he has done to us. On this day, Christ our God gave us this holy feast, that we who eat this bread and drink this cup may here proclaim his holy sacrifice and be partakers of his resurrection. Jesus' hour has come to depart from this world. Our hour has come to wait, to watch, and to pray. Let us worship the one who loves us to the end. And let us pray. O holy God, your love is embodied in Jesus Christ, who washed disciples' feet on the night of his betrayal. Wash us from the stain of sin so that in, our, in hours of danger we may not fail, but follow your Son through every trial and praise him always as Lord and Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please stand in body or spirit and join us singing hymn number 202. We will sing verses 1 through 3. Remember how we have fallen short. 
It is now. Now is the moment when we should be honest about what we have done and what we have failed to do. So as we join our voices together in responsive confession, let us confess our sins before God and before one another. Let us pray. Eternal God, whose covenant with us is never broken, we confess that we fail to fulfill your will. Though you have bound yourself to us, we will not bind ourselves to you. In Jesus Christ, you serve us freely, but we refuse your love and withhold ourselves from others. Lord Jesus Christ, how well you know our hearts, and still you love us. You have loved us to the end. We have denied you, and we have denied our calling to serve one another. We have betrayed you, and we have betrayed your commandment to love one another. Have mercy upon us, O God. Pour out your spirit of grace upon us. Teach us to love and serve you faithfully, and to love and serve one another. Lead us once again to your table, and unite us to Christ, who is the bread of life and the vine from which we grow in grace. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Now the Lord Jesus Christ has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. Now the promise is fulfilled, and love's redeeming work is done. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. As a response to God's grace this night, please continue to stand as you are able and join together in singing the first verse of hymn 215, What Wondrous Love Is This? And we will continue to return to this hymn over the course of the service. May be seated. Friends, let us pray. Eternal God, as we gather to remember a meal, as we gather to remember the washing of feet as we gather to remember all that would soon follow, move through us and among us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, open your word to us in a new way that we might have eyes to see and ears to hear your voice. May your word read and proclaimed this night dwell richly in us in the days to come. And may our worship be pleasing to you. All this we ask in the name of the one who walked toward the cross on our behalf, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our first scripture lesson this evening comes from the Gospel according to John. 
the 13th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children... I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, here in John's Gospel, we are plopped down right in the middle of an ordinary day. A day like any other before it, perhaps a day like the one you have just lived before coming here, a day, no doubt, full of work meetings or errands or meals to prepare, phone calls to make, bills to pay, loved ones to hug or kiss on their way out the door. It was an ordinary day, and they gathered for an ordinary meal, shared around a table as they had done so many times before. 
And sure, they all arrived with their own varied distractions or pressures. One of them was under an intense work deadline. Another was worried about a fight with a spouse earlier that day. Another thought only of his child away at college and, and how in the world he was going to pay for three more semesters at the private school. And one had a pit in his stomach as he went over and over in his head about the deal he just made and the friend he would betray. Another spent the whole meal just going around the circle comparing himself to those around him feeling insecure and kicking himself at the same time for running through this same routine over and over and over. And then there was one at that ordinary table on that ordinary day, one whose burdens outweighed any that surrounded him. He looked around the table at the folks who he called friends, quietly eating his meal and drinking his wine, and he listened to the conversations at that table, that ordinary table, on that ordinary night. And yet for him, there was nothing ordinary about it. He knew it was only a matter of time, only a matter of time before his friend, his friend sitting right there, would betray him, only a matter of time until one of his best friends would deny ever having known him, only a matter of time until they would come for him. Death was inevitable now. Just a few days earlier, he'd set his face like flint toward Jerusalem, and now the time had come. Denial was inevitable. Betrayal was inevitable. And he knew how quickly the hearts of those who loved him would turn. And he also knew how much pain they would endure when they realized what they'd done. But he also knew it wasn't anything compared to the pain that lay before him. And yet rather, rather than point fingers, rather than skulk off after the meal to his room, turning in early under the auspices of, you know, a headache or stomach bug, rather than scream or, or grow bitter or angry or resentful, this man... Well, he got up from the table, and he took off his outer robe, and he tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the feet of his friends. I have no doubt the room grew silent at that point. Perhaps only the sound of a rickety fan could be heard among them. But it was a talkative bunch, suddenly stunned into silence as they watched their teacher, their leader, their Messiah, kneeling down before them, one at a time, to take on a task reserved for a servant. I often wonder how he felt when he washed Judas's feet, or Peter's. After all, the text reminds us that Jesus knew the hearts of those around him. He knew what was coming, but rather, rather than expose their hearts for the world to see and condemn, Jesus revealed himself as the one who would love them to the end. Regardless of what they had done, regardless of what they would do, Jesus would love them to the end. And it is unfathomable to us, or perhaps at the very least, really uncomfortable. For I imagine any one of us, were we to look around at a table full of our very good friends, our best friends, knowing full well what we know, that they were about to betray us, Well, I certainly have a hard time imagining even getting through that meal, much less caring for them as a servant would with a purity of heart. 
I could imagine caring for them as a servant would out of righteous indignation or martyrdom. I'll show them how fantastic and humble I am. But that isn't the picture painted of Jesus. Rather, in spite of the knowledge he carried with him of all that was to come, this Messiah, this Jesus, he washed his friend's feet. Humbling himself, emptying himself, becoming the servant of all, and thus offering them a new commandment in his final hours. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another by this, by this, by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I doubt they got it that night. Even though Jesus was modeling that love before their very eyes, I, ima I imagine they were at the very least confused. The text reminds us that Peter certainly was. Oh, how Jesus' heart must have wept with mixed emotions when Peter jumped up to protest. Jesus knew Peter was sincere. Gosh, was Peter sincere in his protest. He knew Peter could not fathom ever denying him. But he also knew Peter was still living on the high of their entry into Jerusalem. Still living on the sound of Hosanna's, the triumphal entry of the king, the one who would fulfill the words of the prophets, who was fulfilling the words of the prophets. And thus he knew Peter could not fully understand and wouldn't until it was too late. Peter had his own ideas of who the Messiah was supposed to be. And Peter's ideas were certainly not of a Messiah who would humble himself to the point of washing feet. That role was for a servant servant, not a king. But tonight I give you a new commandment, a new commandment, a new commandment, that you love one another, that you love one another, just as you have seen me humble myself at your feet, just as you have seen me empty myself as a servant for all, in this way, this way, this way, you should love one another. Because it is only by this, only by this, that everyone will know you are my disciple. If you have this love, for one another. Oftentimes we don't get it either. Or perhaps we do. But like Peter, we don't want to. We argue, we protest, because a servant king is not the king we were expecting, and frankly, it's not the one we want either. Because to love that king... To serve that king, we must become servants too. Servants whose minds and hearts continue the refrain day after day, just as I have loved you, just as I have loved you, just as I have loved you, in this way, this way, this way, this only way, you should love one another. And because we're prone to protest, because we don't like it, 
because we are prone to forget the call we have been given or push it aside for someone else to do. Because we don't often want to love in the way that Christ calls us to love. We return to this table again and again and again. Friends, this table, well, it's the place where we see that new commandment lived out in its fullness. This meal, every time we partake of it, in whatever form it's served to us, every time, it's a reminder of the self-giving sacrifice of love that Christ made on our behalf. Despite what Christ knew about his disciples that night, despite what Christ knows about our hearts tonight, the distractions and excuses and burdens and sins that we bear, despite all of it, Jesus Christ is still willing, and I would go even beyond willing, is still kneeling. Not just willing, but doing it. Kneeling before each and every one of you to wash your feet. And that is a love, my friends, that you and I and this world are in desperate, desperate need of. And it's a love we're really hesitant to offer to other people most of the time. And that's why we come to this table. And so tonight, tonight as we gather at this table again, let us be mindful of the sins and the burdens and the distractions that we carry, certainly. But let us also allow our Savior to wash them away as he still invites us to this feast. For as often as we forget the fullness of his love, he will just as often remind us to come to this table again. You've forgotten? Come again. You don't want to do it? Then come again. You don't like this love I've shown you? Then come again, come again, come again, come again. Come and let me be a servant of all and wash the feet of those who will betray me, of those who will deny me, of those who will not follow me. Come and partake of this feast anyway because I have prepared it for you and I will always prepare it for you. And my love for you is greater than anything you could ever imagine. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. By this and only this, only this, will people know that you are my disciples. So tonight we come again. Come again, those of you who have much faith and those of you who would desperately like to have more. Come those of you who have been here often, and you who haven't been for a very long time. Come you who yelled Hosanna just a few days ago, and you who will yell crucify in a day's time. Come you who will deny Jesus, you who will betray him, Come you who don't want to love the way he calls you to. Come because you've tried. And come because you've failed. Come again. 
Jesus says, come all of you, for it is here and only here that you will know the depths of my love for you. Just as I have loved you, please go and love one another. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise, O Lord, our God, creator and ruler of the universe. You bring forth bread from the earth and create the fruit of the vine. You made us in your image and freed us from the bonds of slavery. You claimed us as your people and made covenants to be our God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey. When we forget you and our faith is weak, you speak through prophets, calling us to turn again to your ways. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, whom you sent to deliver us from the bondage of death and slavery to sin. In humility, he descends from your heights to kneel in obedience to love's commands. He who is boundless takes on the bondage of humanity. He who is free goes before us in death's prison, in the deserts of our wanderings, he sustains us, giving us his body as manna for our weariness. The cup of sacrifice which he drank has become for us the cup of salvation. In his death, he faced the myth of death's dominion, and in his resurrection, he opened the way to eternal life. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, O God, we take this bread and this cup from the gifts you have given us, and we celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Accept our praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ, and by your Spirit unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body and love of Christ in the world. Lead us, O God, by the power of your Spirit to live as love commands. Bound to Christ, set us free for joyful obedience and glad service. As Jesus gave his life for ours, help us to live our lives for others with humility and persistent courage. Give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when, with the redeemed of all the ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ, all glory and honor is yours. Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Church, now and forever. And as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art Lord in heaven, heaven hallowed Lord. be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. On the night that Jesus was arrested, the very night that we remember this day, he took some bread. Having given thanks, he blessed it and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. 
every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant, and it is sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, remember my love and remember me. Friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again in glory. Friends, tonight we will receive this sacrament through intinction. You will be given a piece of bread which you can take and dip into the cup and eat. If you prefer a gluten-free or a sealed option, those are also available at the front for any one of you. And if you're unable to come forward, Elizabeth will be more than happy to serve you where you're seated. Friends, I would encourage you to go through these familiar motions more slowly than you typically do. Don't rush it. Allow the pastor at the front to look you in the eye and declare the love of God offered especially for you. And after receiving the elements, savor them. Let the love of God seep into your senses. Close your eyes if you feel so led and allow God's love and nourishment to fill you. Because what matters tonight is that we dwell richly and deeply in the love that Christ pours out in this feast. What matters is that we take the time to look one another in the eye, as intimate and uncomfortable as some of you will feel. But we do it to remind one another that in God's eyes we are always loved. In God's eyes, we are always worthy, and we are always welcome. The body of Christ, broken for you. The blood of Christ, shed for you. As you come to receive these gifts, join us in singing hymn number 525. Come and feast.
us pray. God of grace, your Son, Jesus Christ, left us this holy meal of bread and cup in which we share Christ's body and blood. May we who have celebrated this sign of his great love show in our lives the fruits of his redemption. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we turn away from the Last Supper and enter now into the Garden of Gethsemane, let us sing the second verse of hymn 215, What Wondrous Love Is This? Scripture reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. As you are able, please join in singing the third verse of hymn 215. What wondrous love is this?
while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, arrest him. And at once he came up to Jesus and said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me there. But all this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. <laughs> 